when you read St. John's Gospel, St. John includes many elements in today's Gospel, but there's always the, the greater significance if he places a special type of a note. For example, the Feast of Dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. Right away, St. John gives us the context in which this dialogue took place. And the context is very important because he says it's the Feast of Dedication. As you know, the Feast of Dedication, today we usually know that as Hanukkah or the Feast of the Lights, which usually takes place around Christmas time. It's the, um, the Feast of Dedication of the Temple, as you may know in history, around 170 uh, BC before Christ, there was this Hellenistic king, which was king over the Palestine, and he wanted to make sure that all the people, all, all the citizens of, of, his, of this ter territory would, would become lovers of Greek culture, uh, Greek you know, literature, but above all, he wanted to impose Greek gods. He wanted to get rid of, of, of the belief in, in God among the Hebrews. He wanted to eliminate their faith, and he wanted to substitute it with, with the belief in Greek mythology. Some accepted it, but the majority did not. And so because they did not accept his teaching, he wanted to make sure that he did by force. He invaded Palestine, invaded Jerusalem. Almost 80,000 people were killed because they were opposed. So therefore, he wanted to eliminate them. And not only that, but the fact is that he imposed very heavy penalties on people who did not observe this sort of cultural religion. And, and so many died. As a matter of fact, many uh, was against the law to circumcise using the, uh, you know, the, the, the synagogues and many other places of worship into sort of bats, things like that. Uh, he wanted to change the whole thing. And, and many, many women died because if they were, they were following the, the, the Jewish observance of the law, including circumcision, they would be crucified or killed and so six months after this imposition, terrible imposition of, by, by, by the king's government, these new ways of living out their cultural, um, you know, cultural faith, um, the Maccabean brothers rebelled and they were able to overcome and this, this Antiochus, as a matter of fact, at the end, he lost, he lost the war people of God who rebelled because they wanted to protect their faith. They wanted to protect their belief in God. They didn't want to have this sort of polytheistic approach uh, to, you know, pantheistic approach to, to religion. And so they wanted to defend that, that gift that God has given to them. God gave them a unique gift of knowing him, knowing and revealing himself to him. And so people were willing to die for their faith. It's a beautiful example of extraordinary courage and strength to preserve that which God gave him and as revelation of himself, revelation of his mercy, a revelation of his love for his people. And so it is on this feast that the Lord uh, is in a temple. He's there and where is he? in what is called Solomon's portico. Solomon's portico, this was an area which was covered, uh, very large uh, pillars, about 40 feet high, which is very high. They were all covered winter. Perhaps, you know, there was, must have been winter conditions. So people were walking underneath, protected from with the rain or, or even cold. And so, so they were there, there. 
And, you know, the portico of Solomon is where a lot of uh, uh, Jewish teachers, rabbis, instructors would gather with their students and they would be, you know, they would be guided in, in growing their faith. And it is at that place, you know, on the feast of the dedication of the feast of Hanukkah that Jesus is approached by by people who ask him the question, he says, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Okay, so they, they walk up to him. Perhaps some were genuine, genuinely with desire to know if he was. Others perhaps, as you know, they were trying to catch him, that if he says that he is, and so on, so, so they could accuse him of that. But then what Jesus responded to him, to them, he says, I told you and you do not believe. The couple of times that Jesus manifested and spoke of himself, whether it's a woman at the well or the, when he healed a man you know, born blind, uh, he spoke of himself in the categories and spoke of himself as explicitly as the one who's to come, the Messiah. But here the Lord says, no, but you do not believe but, but you should accept the works that I do in my Father's name because they testify to me. The Lord, Jesus spoke to them because there were people who were instructors there. They knew the scriptures. You know, this was not, you know, some place, you know, outside in some village. You know, he spoke to people who were instructors or guides or rabbis. They were people of, of great learning. And, and he says, but, but it's not just what I say that I give testimony, but my works, the works that I do, the works of my father. And, and you know, they should know, and they should have known because the Isaiah speaks, spoke very clearly of the messianic times. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then they shall, then, then, then shall the lame uh, leap like a heart and a tongue of the numb sing for joy. All the descriptions which Jesus did, you know, healing the blind and the lame and and all the all the all the manifestation of the power of God, the power of the Father's love for them. So so basically the works that Jesus gives and shows them, he says, you know, the works testify that I do these things in my father's name. Uh, but you still do not believe because you're not among my sheep because you don't want to listen. You don't want to follow. You have your own ways. So even though you see these things, you hear these things, and yet do not accept because you have some, you have another agenda. But it's the sheep, my sheep, hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. A beautiful description of those who follow Jesus, who listen to him, who desire to be with him, who enter into relationship with him. This is something that the Lord gives us. And I have to tell you how many times in my, in my priestly life, and every priest knows this, or people who are, are bringing their faith to others, how many times they know that slowly those especially who experience difficulties, they, they, they just have a hard time accepting that their God loves them. They feel like God maybe loves somebody else, but not them. Because how else would, would God allow them to go through so many difficulties? And they seem to forget, you know, that, you know, the difficulties sometimes are a way of being purified by way of being being open to, to, to grace. Sometimes, you know, it is easy when when everything is nice and one receives some so many extraordinary signs of God's love. 
but when they're tested, it's not that simple, it's not that easy. And so in, in our role as special priests or religious or people who lead others into faith, we, we desire and wish and pray for them so that they may come to know more and more clearly the Father's hand. Sometimes it, the difficulties are actually are not a sign that God does not love them, but sometimes it's precisely, not sometimes, but mostly. It is it is a way of God sort of kind of reaching out because, you know, we have become hardened by our way of life, hardened by whatever it may be, uh, and we don't even listen to God. And somehow, through difficulties, God somehow opens the doors for us for reflection. The things are not, not you know, all everything is, seems to be okay. So, so the Lord is actually reaching out to us. And there's a great joy when we see people who going through the difficulties, God gives them a period of time, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but then he gives them insights and understanding and knowledge, gives them hope. And then once, once, once they embrace the Lord in hope, then once they begin to trust him more and more, the Lord gives them greater and greater signs of his communion with them, his love for them. They begin to realize slowly that no, even the, despite the difficulties that, that, you know, the Lord does love me. He cares for me. And not only that, that he cares for me, but he gives me signs. And then at, at times when, when, when this illumination of grace comes, the evil one wants to immediately try to attack. No, this is what, you know, it's not, you're in a living illusion, it's not true, whatever it is, God will, you know, that God, you know, you know, he, he may appear that way, but it's not true. The evil ones will try to dissuade us, to discourage us, you know, to show that, you know, yes, the, the one who you say that may, may, may care for me, but he doesn't really do that, or he does not care for my well-being, whatever it may be. I know that this is much more complex than I try to explain, but in a short way, I, I just want to summarize that, that, you know, despite the difficulties, the Lord reaches out to us and he wants to be there for us, just like he was there for, for the Maccabean brothers. Discouragement, yes, but they gave him the grace to overcome, you know, the, 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 you know, the evil which is around them. He gives them the grace to, to respond to him and he will be there for them. You know, he'll be there just like in you know, St. Faustina's diary. We say, Jesus says, I will be there like the best mother for you, like a mother who takes care of the child. You know, the, the imagery of someone who is being, being taken care of. Um, the other aspect of this gospel today is not just that, that the Lord says that the sheep will hear my voice, but there's so many blessings that come from that. You know, his eternal life is given to those who listen to him. His life of glory, some of the greatest forms of happiness will be given to those who, who listen to him, who follow him, because he's preparing heaven for those who wish to be with him. And not only that, but he says that, you know, the, the, those who follow, those who follow, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And no one can take them out of my hand. No one. No one will be able to dissuade. No one will be able to, no matter whatever attacks of the evil ones are there, or no human beings can ever dissuade, pull people away from the Lord. Uh, and, and then because the reason is that my Father, who has given to the, to them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. 
no one can 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 impose such such powerful you know uh dissuasive words or even or fear whatever it may be that it will dissuade those who love the lord because the lord will protect them don't be afraid if they persecute you don't be afraid don't even say what you should say uh, at that moment because the father heavenly father will send will give you the words how you are to defend yourself what you are to do what you are to say because the the father and i are one and we have this beautiful communion that jesus speaks of communion of the love that the father has for his son and and the father's and the son's love for the father but also the interesting thing, the most powerful thing is that not only is there that love between father and son relationship, a close relationship of communion by nature and also by, by, by the fact that, that Jesus is the son of God, but also what we are given is that this communion is given to us, is given to us, you know, just like father, father loves me, so I love you. And then we will come to, to you, the father, the son, will come to us to to be with us the indwelling of the trinity that that is so extraordinary and how does that happen yes by love because we love him how does that happen is because the holy spirit draws us to 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 the lord to jesus to the father and and then even more and then he gives us the grace the powerful divinizing grace that transforms us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Trinity within us. As I in the Father, so I in you, and you are in me. What a, what a beautiful gift. I don't think we are able to grasp the gift that God gives us because we usually perceive reality by our senses. We usually receive reality by, you know, interpreted through our emotions often. But the fact this is a spiritual gift. Even if we cannot grasp, we know that God gives us special gift of union with him, communion with him. And then it's not only a gift of the Holy Spirit, but it becomes concretized, becomes a reality through the Eucharist, because this is the truly the body and blood of Christ that we receive, receive his body, so we become like him. Slowly we are being transformed into being like him. And this is why the early Christians realized those gifts what Christ has given to them. They realize the power that he has gave them. And that's why they were willing to die for him. That's why they were willing to offer their lives for him. And see today, they, the, the early Christians realized it wasn't just for the people of God, those who are Hebrews, those who are Jewish, that they received. But, but today we, we realize in the Acts of the Apostles that these gifts were given to the Gentiles. And and it is it is in Antioch where many Gentiles become Christians, they, be, they embrace Christ, they embrace, and they also receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just like the, the 12 apostles, just like disciples received. And so they realize this. And so here, but the church of, the church of uh, Jerusalem, they hear about all these who are coming from Phoenicia, from Cyprus and Antioch, wherever they're coming, and they're, they're already, they know Jesus, and they're already sharing their faith with others. And so Jerusalem, Church of Jerusalem, there's James and Peter, and they send Barnabas, he says, help them out, help them to grow even deeper in faith. And so Barnabas goes to Antioch. There he not only is spending time with them, teaching them, but he goes to pick up Peter, goes to Tarsus, finds out where, uh, I'm sorry, where Paul is, 
or Saul at that time. And, and he goes and finds Saul, Paul, and he brings him to Antioch. And there he spends a full year of guiding, teaching, encouraging them in faith. And so we have this Christian, Christian church as it grows, as it continues to grow, and as we have the witness of the Acts of the Apostles, how, how the Christians realize the gifts that God has given to them, they, that they realize who Christ is. They realize how great his love is for all people, not only from those who are Jewish background, but, because, uh, but also the Gentile. And they see that the Holy Spirit is given to him just like he gave it to his disciples. And they, they, they realize their power and they are the ones who are filled with that Holy Spirit, know him, and they want, want to preach and proclaim him from Cyprus, from Phoenicia, which is present-day Lebanon, Turkey, all the areas there. And they, they realize the gifts. May we today also realize the gift, the gifts that God gives to us. Yes, we may live in an environment which is not exactly conducive to our culture or sometimes the political ideologies. They seem to try to eliminate our faith, maybe not in that, in that violent way as we have seen in the, um, you know, Antiochus and, and, and during the second century or 170 AD, BC. But, but, but we know that there's always the, the powerful pressure on Christians, you know, trying to undermine their faith, trying to create difficulties for them. But we know that despite the difficulties, God will give us the strength. But we have to protect our families, our children. We have to lead them into to faith. We have to remind them. However it is, sometimes we cannot nag them, but nonetheless, especially if they're adult children, but nonetheless, reminding them, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your, for your, for your, for your faith, for your conversion. I am, I'm there for you. I know that you don't realize this, but I am your mom. I'm your dad. I, I want you to, to, to not miss the, miss the eternal life, which is, which is given to us only in, in one person, that is Jesus. The, our faith, and then we need to practice our faith through prayer. It's not just some spirituality that you have acquired. You know, who knows what what it is? That spirituality will not lead you into heavenly, heavenly glory. It is faith in Jesus, the sacraments. That is the gift that God gives us because it is in Him. He is our good shepherd, and we need to place ourselves as being His sheep to listen to his voice, to follow his instructions, to receive the guidance. This is the path by which we are to go. And so, you know, let us never be discouraged. You know, many of the great conversions, it takes 20 years of prayer. So if you've started to pray for your children, continue for, if, if, it, if you want to make them saints, at least 20 years of prayer. We can't get discouraged because God in his love for us will be there for us. And no matter what difficulties we may have to endure, God will help us to overcome them ultimately. And he is our source of hope, he's our source of love, and he's our source of sanctity, making us, transforming us. But on our part, we are to listen to his voice. Or if we have hard times, says, Lord, you have to help me to listen to your voice because I have all these things in my brain that distract me, disturb me, or I've, I'm, I'm so conflicted, or perhaps I am so addicted to junk, I have a hard time to even listen to you. So just asking the Lord in prayer, help me to overcome, help me. And the Lord will give us the grace, but it takes perseverance. It takes sometimes years of prayer. But in the end, the Lord and his will will be done in us, and that is, we'll be transformed 
by him taken to heaven to receive everlasting glory and joy living in his presence with all the saints, with all the loved ones sharing in the divine life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.